Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's talk about COVID. Let's talk about the pandemic. And our good friend, Dr. Neil Rao, joins us, infectious diseases specialist in Ontario, assistant professor at the School of Medicine at the University of Toronto. Dr. Rao, thank you very much for coming on the show. Could you tell us, please, what you think of the... Again, we're hearing that case counts are down in Ontario, maybe in other parts of the country as well, I believe so, but ICU still heavily occupied. What are we seeing? So we're still seeing ICU strain, but we're definitely seeing a drop in the number of daily cases and perhaps even a drop in the percentage of positive cases. It seems to jump around a bit. I think in some cases, the strain in ICUs, especially if I look at Oakville, where I also work outside the city, we're receiving people from the hard hit areas. We're not having to deploy people who don't work in the ICU typically to help out. So that's a good sign. For a while, we were doing that as an emergency measure. At Humber, where I work uh, in Northwest Toronto as well, there is still considerable strain and we still had stories of people being transferred long distances like to Ottawa or Thunder Bay for care, uh, for ICU care. So there's still strain, but the percent positivity is coming down, but it's not yet the enviable situation of last summer, for example. I think it's going to be at least two, if not four weeks, till we see a complete relaxation of the strain in ICUs in the harder hit areas. But there are other parts of the country that have uh, more enviable situations. I think BC is in a more positive situation than Ontario. Some of it may have to do with weather as well. And population density, I think, is a big driver. And also the types of people who are getting infected. We know that in the greater Toronto area, it's people who work in so-called congregate settings, people who work in an enclosed space in a climate where you can't open the windows and get those outdoor air flows coming through and where people have to go to work because it's the main distribution hub for whatever corporation, be it Amazon or whatever else it might be, supply chain management. So there are unique features to Toronto and to a lesser extent Montreal that are driving this outbreak. And unless those uh, industries were completely shut down, there'd be no way to completely eliminate these these cases. Mm-hmm. And then we wouldn't be able to get things at the store if we were to shut those things down. So you get to a level of what's essential or not. That's right. always the subject of debate. Right. Well, we have the series called COVID in Canada, and uh, you're part of that. And in a few minutes, we'll be talking with epidemiologist Cynthia Carr in, uh, in Winnipeg. Now, when we look to the west, the border between Ontario... And Manitoba, we look to the east, the border between Ontario and Quebec, and then we listen to the premier of this province, Doug Ford, who yesterday pleaded with the prime minister to close land borders. Uh, I'm assuming because they have Ontario Provincial Police on the borders of Manitoba and Quebec, but I'm assuming he's talking north-south without ignoring east-west. What do you make of this? You're not a great fan of a lot of the political decisions that have been taken. You know, I think, unfortunately, Doug Ford is losing his focus and playing a bit of a populist line. Uh, He's also obsessed with people coming from India in particular and wishing that Pearson Airport had been closed. And I would just say politically, Doug Ford's popularity comes from immigrant groups in Ontario, very much like the Harper government had its popularity through the 905. And I think if he's not careful, there could be political uh, penalties to pay for this kind of attitude, because most right-wing parties in Canada are not xenophobic, whereas European ones are. So just my political science analysis, if I could just spell out of my lane a little bit there. But in terms of trying to stop the virus, let me go back to that. Trying to close borders once the virus is already here 
and circulating in great numbers is sort of a symbolic gesture than a really practical one. And also the question becomes, who's really at risk from whom? Northern states in the U.S. have a more enviable situation than we do. The only state in the U.S. that's bordering Canada where there is a comparable or slightly higher risk is Michigan. So if you look at this, what are you protecting yourself from? The people who should be scared are the people on the other side of the border. They should say, keep those Canadian infected folks away from us. But we're talking tough about keeping people out. And there's also this belief that Doug Ford has expressed that the variants can somehow be stopped unless we work as a complete bubble and shut down anybody from coming to and from our country. Basically make the province into a whole bunch of miniature bubbles where each region is closed off and you have you know, logs across every highway mm-hmm. <laughs> and police checks. You're not going to be able to stop the movement of this virus within the province or to other provinces. At some point, it's not going to work. We've seen even the Atlantic bubble, it's admirable what they've done, what they've endured, but even Nova Scotia is seeing a surge, perhaps not on the same scale as here, and they have other advantages in terms of the industries we talked about earlier, and demographics and population density, but you can run, but you can't hide from this virus. So I wish Doug Ford would stop playing the populist card that the Fed screwed up or that we let this virus in through foreigners. I think it's going to actually work against his political popularity and it will will have repercussions that far endure this outbreak when it's over in a few months. That is the worst of it. I have many more questions in only 60 seconds. Um, I look at news stories and I look at developments that have to do with COVID. We all do. And I see computer modeling, computer modeling, computer modeling, and I'm not ready to trash it. But I wonder sometimes, are we, is there a conflict between real data real facts, and modeling. Well, every model has generally gotten it wrong. On the recent occasion, about a month ago, the Ontario Science Table models were actually correct. And now we have found that they have overestimated what was supposed to happen now. I think models are a guide in terms of preparedness for hospitals, what they should be getting ready for. We temporarily shut down elective surgery to be ready for a surge. But I think there's a point where the models have to be discarded and used as worst case scenario markers rather than we're going to plan for this. Um, So I'm a little nervous that they are used a bit like soothsayers or augers in Roman times. I think we have to move away from those models alone and look at the facts on the ground. We do see a cresting of the wave in multiple jurisdictions. We can learn from other places in the world. We don't have to just use our own experience. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.